are at episode seven. Those are fireworks. <laughs> that was beautiful. So the crazy thing about episode seven is that they say most podcasts don't make it up to or past episode seven. But baby, we made it. Baby, we made it. I'm so happy. This is exciting. And today's topic is going to be juicy. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, sex baby. baby. <laughs> All right. That's cringy and very dad momenty. But we went there. Listen, we wanted to dive into this podcast completely off the cuff. We were actually at my office, which is where we record, to do some other things. And randomly, we said, let's record a podcast. And we just decided, all right, this is the topic. Mariah was like, okay, what do we say? I'm like, we're not going over anything. Let's get in the booth. We're recording it right now. Yeah, because we wanted to do this topic, but we didn't know what questions to answer, what to talk about. And we wanted people on the podcast for this. So, yep. And I just wanted a coffee to start the morning off. But no, here we are. <laughs> Here we are, and I just said, we're talking about it. It's a Saturday, and we just decided, no rehearsal. So we're diving in, and let's get juicy. Let's talk about it. Now, we do have in mind that our parents are our biggest fans, particularly our moms. <laughs> yeah. So Feel free to X out of this episode just if you want. This one's not for you. Yeah. But on be- top of that, you know, we have to keep it somewhat appropriate in case they decide to not listen to our instructions. Yeah. Or maybe we don't. We're going to be talking pretty candidly and probably sharing some stories and I don't know, saying words like vagina and sex and things like that. So I feel that people should actually be comfortable with these topics. Yeah, absolutely. Sex should be a pure good thing to talk about. Yeah, there's no reason not to talk about experience. There's many people that have struggles and are stuck in their relationships because of sexual topics that they're just not comfortable to speak about. And we believe you should be comfortable to speak about this and Mm -hmm. open. So that's the idea here. I hope that you guys don't take it all weird and like get offended or something like that. Because whether we like it or not, this is a major part of a healthy relationship. Yeah, it's one of the things that make it different from every other relationship, like a friendship. Right. All right, let's dive in. So I really want to talk about sex. Okay, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Because I'm a guy. So what else do I want to talk about? No, let's see. Let's discuss it and let's decide on what are we diving into first? I have no clue. Okay, well, look, I think a lot of people have all kinds of issues with sex in their relationship, different levels. Mm -hmm. Maybe the one person wants it more than the other. Maybe the one person doesn't like it that much or can't quite figure it all out. There's issues with actually genuinely creating pleasure you know, for the other person or even for yourself. There's different issues, you know? Yeah. And there's so much to discuss. And I think that sex is a really important part of a relationship because it's the one, I mean, there's many, but it's one very unique thing that you have with that person that you obviously don't have with anyone else. So that's like a special, very vital, very unique thing that you have. I actually have an idea that popped into my mind based on something we talked about a couple nights ago Mm -hmm. about how if you're not good at sex, what makes you better is with one partner. And a lot of people think that you get better with a bunch of different partners, but I beg to differ. Oh, I do too. I think my most progress has been made (laughs) when I've stuck with one partner for a long enough time Mm -hmm. because you feel comfortable with that person, you try new things with that person. If you're doing a one-night stand, you're not going to feel comfortable to try this new tactic that you learned from your girlfriends at brunch. (laughs) You know, true. you're going to want to wait till like the second, third, fourth, fifth time. So you're like comfortable. I mean, now it's to the point where Gal and I are just trying. We'll do wackadoodle. Okay, mom, just don't listen to this. (laughs) Baby, (laughs) it's getting hot in here. Let me unzip this jacket. (laughs) No, but you know, 
I definitely think the more comfortable you are with the person, the more you're willing to try. And that's where you get good. And I think in this day and age, you have people trying. You, the cool thing is to hook up with a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. And even I have friends that did jump around from person to person. And then they come to me when they've been in like a few months relationship. And they're like, I'm much better now. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm much better now. I, I learned a lot. And I'm like, yeah, you learn a lot from being with one person. You do. You definitely do. And I was a big part of, uh, I was a contributing member to the hookup culture. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it can be kind of fun, but it's not nearly as fun as dedicating and expanding with a person, not just sexually. Obviously, you having a relationship is an amazing thing. It's so much better than just being randomly single. But on the sexual front, it's so true that you really develop and you have an opportunity to tell the person what you like. And they tell you what they like. And I think that's really important to be comfortable with your partner to tell them, ooh, that was amazing and that wasn't. Yeah. Everyone should be comfortable with sharing that kind of stuff and updating on what you liked and what you didn't. Yeah. And most importantly, because you said you tell them what you like and they Mm -hmm. find out what you find out what you like. And that's what I think there's a younger, a younger generation. I don't know. In the beginning of people sleeping around, they're like, I don't really like it or whatever. I think it's because you don't stick with one person long enough to find what you do like, you know? Absolutely. You don't. And you end up not actually experiencing the full gamut because we've done all kinds of fun things. (laughs) I don't want to go too personal, but I mean, it's fun. We've been together for a few years and we like to keep things spicy. We've been together for more Okay, we've been to much more. Several. Several. We've been together for several years, (laughs) excuse me. And um, we've done all kinds of things. Can I say them? I like them. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, one of my proud moments that we have added now to our Instagram bios. (laughs) Just, (laughs) Just kidding, we haven't. We, for example, joined the Mile High Club. Yes, that was a very proud moment. I did want to put it in my Instagram bio a few years ago when it happened. I was so proud. I have a tactic that's foolproof. I've told my friends how to get this done. Yeah, you should share it. All right, so basically what you do is this. First, explain what the Mile High Club is to people like my mom who probably still has an exit out of this podcast. Please exit out of the podcast. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so... Oh, my gosh. All right, so basically the Mile High Club is when you make love on an airplane while it's in the air. Yeah. So you are in the Mile High Club. You don't have to have a private jet to do this. You don't have to... We flew an economy. We flew in a good old economy. (laughs) It was actually, I think, on our way to Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. It was an international flight, and we planned this out, and it worked really well. So international flight is ideal because you have nighttime that sets upon the plane. Mm -hmm. And when nighttime sets, they turn off the lights, and 90% of the plane is sleeping or deep into a movie. The stewards are kind of... Stewards or stewardesses are kind of... uh, Sleeping or hibernating in the back. Yeah, And the bathrooms also are pretty empty because there are times in the plane when there's lines for the bathrooms and whatever. Yeah, like don't go right after you eat a meal. That's when the lines are the longest. Exactly. You got to plan this out right. So what you do is you wait for night to fall and you kind of notice that oh, there's no lines around the bathroom. So what I did is I got up first and I went to the bathroom and I closed the bathroom door. And we made a plan that Mariah would then come a little bit later, maybe 30 seconds later, non-suspiciously, just walks up and kind of just did a little knock on the door. I unlocked it and she just walked in. So now she's in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we had our lovely moment together. And now the it's question actually is... actually not as glamorous as yeah, it seems. By the way, you got to do it, but it's not the greatest place to have sex. No. Um, it's just not. But basic... And by the way... Any of my friends that are like, this is so damn cringeworthy, also exit. I don't need you to listen to yeah, me. Yeah, we just need randoms. Right. This is, okay, people are like, oh my God, why is golf freaking really? talking about this? My friends are this? probably like, woo, 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 go, Mariah. 
We love this. No matter like, oh, he's at an all-time low. Also, My any colleagues. My friends are literally taking notes right now. They're like, okay, so 30 seconds after you oh. go to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, colleagues can feel free to exit this. Anyone that I work with, this is not a okay, representation of my company. Okay, moving on. So, because the, basically. The leaving the stall is the hardest part. It's time to leave the stall. This is the hardest part because, what, are you both going to walk out? And let's say there's just one person standing outside or that's waiting to go to the bathroom now. You don't know. Yeah. Circumstances might have changed. You're in enemy territory. So this is what happens. You now need to pretend like she wasn't feeling well. Yeah. So we took a bunch of toilet paper and I kind of had it ready in my hand to like put it. She's kind of like holding it over her face or whatever. And I'm going to be like, babe, are you feeling better? And then like walk out with her. And like, I'm so sorry. She was just really sick and kind of walk out. That yeah. was the plan. That was the plan. And it would have worked. Yeah, totally. But we opened and no one was there. Yeah. And we just smoothly walked out, just walked right back to our chairs like nothing had ever happened. And we officially got our membership to the Mile High Club. Yes. It was beautiful. It was successful. Now, you need to know you're going to be taking a risk if you do this because, you know, it could get into an embarrassing little situation. But um, that's how we achieved it. Yeah, and, and if, we'd if love to hear your feedback. Please let us know. We can DM <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, let us know the success rate if you use this uh, <laughs> tactic and it worked for you. Also, rate this podcast five stars if you're also part of the Mile High Club. And yeah. if you're not part of the Mile High Club, rate it four stars. Yes. No, you can still rate it five star <laughs> okay. because you intend to be a part of the Mile yes. High Club. Yeah, rate it five star. You'll have bad luck for the rest of your life. If you rate it five star? I mean, what? I forgot. I need coffee. You need coffee. Anyway, so my whole point here is it's fun to try new things with a partner. Now, you're never going to do that when you're single. Although I've actually heard of people joining the Mile High Club with a total stranger that they meet on the plane. But But that's very unlikely. Anything illegal. Yeah, if it's, yeah, I'm not encouraging you anything illegal. The risk is on you. Don't come back to me with anything about this because we're just saying what we did and times have moved on since then. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. With the, don't sue me. All right. So basically, (laughs) point here is that with a partner, you have the opportunity to try lots and lots of new things. And that means both physically, that means with locations, that means discussing interesting topics. And I also like the idea of researching. There's nothing wrong with girls and guys reading Cosmo magazine or listening to podcasts about sex or researching questions online. Mm -hmm. Because it's, I don't know, when we got our dog, for example, I went into this deep dive research about how to be a good dog parent. I just did. It's like in my nature. So I also want to research and learn about all kinds of cool things that I can do to become a better partner when lovemaking. Mm-hmm. Because sex is not just for me. It's very much for her. And we want, I mean, I get the biggest amount of pleasure from pleasuring her. You know, it's like really nice for me. I mean, I don't know if I want to say the biggest because obviously the best is when it's for you personally. But there's a lot of pleasure to be had in giving pleasure to the other person, especially when you know how to do it. When you have an open communication about like, did you like this? Did you like that? What do you think of this? Then you just improve and do more of that and it just gets better and better. It doesn't have to get less and less good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mariah and I, for example, I really love our sex life. And even though we've been together for five years, six years almost, we've only gotten more and more into it with each other. Yeah, because we do communicate a lot. And I think sometimes we have this feeling of like, we don't want to ask, was that good for you or whatever? At least I know I did with when it was like early relationship. I didn't want to ask you, do you like this? Do you not? Because it makes me seem not as confident or not as skilled or experienced, experienced, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first 
thing of like where it starts going downhill is when you don't ask and you're not learning about your partner. Totally. And the other aspect that I want to discuss is frequency of sex in a relationship because that's a topic that people have actually asked me or I've had a couple of friends that have said, so with you and Mariah, did it go down from like the beginning? And yeah, I mean, at the beginning, when you're in this like crazy phase for Mariah and I at the beginning, we weren't as busy with work and we were in this like vacation mode together. Yeah, I was going to say it was different. Like I would fly over to see you and I wouldn't have work and every day was a vacation. Now we're full on working. Totally. So it is different in that aspect. And also we thought it was like the last two weeks we'd ever see each other at the beginning. Yeah, the first six months of our relationship literally went, this is the last time we're going to see each other. And then we'd see each other again and we're like, this is the last time. We never thought we would continue with our relationship. So we had to make the most of it. Now, I mean, we have many, many things going on and we're busy and very busy. And so that does play a part, but it is important. Like there'll be times that a week maybe at most or two weeks maybe at most will go by. Never two weeks. Okay, never two weeks. Jeez, do you feel that passion? (laughs) Wow. Okay, not two weeks, but there'll be an amount of time that goes by where we're like, wow, it's been a while. But generally speaking, we try to keep it alive at least, I'd say, I don't know, for us, like twice a week. Yeah, I would say on average is two to three. Yeah. Times a week. Something like that, which is good. It's very healthy. I think that not even every couple does it that way, but we also make a cons- yeah. an effort. To and we like, always aim for more. Yeah, we try to shoot for more and things just get busy, but we both make an effort to like make it happen. And I think that a lot of times I have to say that I end up being the initiator. I think that men usually are, but now Mariah has become part of our growth and improvement is Mariah is also the initiator, which is pretty damn sexy. So you want to have both kind of initiating here and there you want to have both into it you want to keep that drive alive yeah I think I think what happens at least for me is when you're in the dating phase or you don't know when you're going to see each other again or whatever yeah you want to initiate but when you live together it's like you know it's always there right it's like okay like I I'll finish this and then I'll initiate and then you finish that and you're like I'm just going to do one more thing one more thing one more thing and then the day's over true and so yeah, it was it was good for you to remind me, you know, because I wasn't keeping account of how many times a week. To mm-hmm. me, yeah, it was just when we have time, we do. Yeah. But you were really pushing to be like, no, we have to do it as much as possible. Yes. And I and honestly, my point of view on it was not just from like this horn dog, like we got to do it as much as possible. I genuinely, my real point of view on it is we're in a relationship that in its nature, like I said earlier, it's the one person that we have this with. And it's very healthy to have sex. I find that you're never going to have sex with your partner when you're in an upset. When you handle the upset, maybe. But you don't have sex with a partner during an upset, which indicates that when things are good, you'll probably have more sex. And when things are bad, you'll probably have less sex. So it kind of goes in a way hand in hand. So keep the sexual part alive. Keep everything else good as well. But don't let the sexual side slip because it's a good indication of a healthy relationship. Yeah, true. And for me, I don't know. I have like, you see it in movies and stuff where over time they have sex less and less. And then Mm -hmm. it's like a once a month thing. Or you see in movies where they're like, I haven't gotten laid in three months. And it's like, you're married. Yeah. You know? And I see that. I'm like, I can see even from our relationship, how it slowly can become less just over yeah. time because you live together and you you have other things going on and it's not the number one thing on your mind. So from that aspect, when I observed that, I was like, I don't want to be that couple, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard when you are only having sex once every three months to then be like, okay, let's up it. Let's a couple times a week. It's weird. Yeah, like anything, it will go down over time if you let it slip. Mm-hmm. Don't come up with reasons why it's okay for it to slip. Things either improve or they go down. So you need to make sure that everything is improving. 
Yeah. If you don't talk to your partner, for example, just pure communication, if you don't communicate with them, I'm telling you that over time, you're going to just talk to them less and less and less. Yeah. I want to give some advice on yeah. what I noticed how, for me, makes me more interested in having it more often. Because we're sitting here showing you uh, a problem that can happen, and I don't want to leave you with this like concern, mm-hmm. but True. with a solution. For us, I noticed that the more we had quality time, the more I was into it. Because if not, the person, in my opinion, when we don't have quality time, they becomes a roommate or a friend. Mm. And if you want that, like you're saying, you only have sex with that one person in your life, the person you're dating and married to, you need to have that aspect as well of the relationship. You can't act like a friend and a roommate and then expect to get laid. Yes. So I think the more quality time, like after a date, when we have a date night and it's, okay, I'm not thinking about work as much or it's like I'm focused on you because that's what the date night is for is quality time or something like that. That's what turns me on. That's what almost reminds me of, oh yeah, like I have this... Because really, like, you're my best friend and my lover. So when we're not, you know what I mean? So I can switch sometimes where I feel like we're hanging out like best friends. And it's those moments that get me in the mood. So my advice to you is if you notice that you and your partner are not having as much sex as you'd like, try to find more ways to have a spiritual connection and date nights and stuff like that. Because in my opinion, at least if you're together for the right reasons, it's a spiritual connection. And that's what sparks that sexual urge. Right. Emotional intimacy mm-hmm. leads to the physical intimacy. Yeah. Now, there's many people that have issues with like trying new things. I mean, I've heard of, for example, women that don't feel comfortable doing certain things because they're self-conscious of their body. I've heard of the woman not wanting to be on top, for example, because she doesn't want to be so exposed or just different things like that. What would you recommend to a woman? I would recommend, okay, there's the point of view of handling yourself. And then from the other point of view is if your partner feels like that, how can you handle yourself to help your partner? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So as the partner, I would say like do everything you can to validate them and make them feel good about themselves in the stuff that she already feels comfortable with and find a slower gradient. And that's for her as well. Like if you're having a problem, like if you're self-conscious about your body, find something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone but not too much, enough for you to confront it and handle it, work on that, and then slowly, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. That's really good. I like that. Because I I think, for me, we do a lot of things that I would have definitely felt uncomfortable with, but you make me feel comfortable, and there's not like a weird side that you haven't seen of me. Like, we've really been through it all. Right. You've seen the grossest things that I've ever done (laughs) and the best. And so from that aspect, I don't feel uncomfortable that much. That's true. I genuinely find Mariah so attractive, but I tell her all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's one thing to have a gorgeous wife and just forget about it. But you need to keep that alive. You need to keep, if you think your husband is handsome, tell him often. If he looks good, tell him often. That is an emotional intimacy as well. And that'll create comfort. Sometimes, I don't know, we'll just be like wrestling just for the fun of it. And we end up like literally physically wrestling. And we end up in this weird little position. And we're like, oh, wow, we should try this. (laughs) I mean, that happens. It's just the way, you know, and then we're like, ooh. And, you know, we just feel it out. And we're not, we're not like sex isn't always front of mind. And, and like, it's not like we're wrestling and sex is the only thing. But maybe that'll happen and we're comfortable to share. Like, this would be fun to try. Yeah. I think that's important too. Now, I had a friend actually, and I'm obviously not going to name names, but he mentioned to me that the girl he was with, it actually hurt her and she wasn't really enjoying sex. Mm-hmm. What would you say? 
I would find out why it hurts her because I do know that there are women that have tighter vaginas and they just really can't get things in there. Mm-hmm. And like I had a friend that couldn't even get a tampon in because it was so painful. Oh wow. Um, so I think there's surgeries for that. But I would see, is that the issue or is it painful because maybe he's not properly like arousing her? Because yes. if you put something in there without lubrication, it is painful. Like no one's going to enjoy that. So if you're not turning her on and pleasuring her enough to get the proper fluids going through her body, it's going to be painful. Yeah. One of the things I learned early on just from studying about anatomy, men are ready to go very, very quickly. (laughs) And women, it takes foreplay is so important. And it takes sometimes 15, 20 minutes, sometimes more, sometimes less. I'm just saying it takes a while to get into this very sexual state, both for the body to be there, mentally to be there kind of in this mood and when you're mentally in that mood then also the vagina is self-lubricating and kind of prepares for sex just physically this is the anatomy this is how babies are made go read about it you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i'm not this is a basic thing that you need to understand and if you're not doing that you can't try to put something just like in there that can be painful so i think that maybe a lot of people misestimate or underestimate how much arousal there needs to be for the woman Mm -hmm. for it to actually be a beautiful experience. Yeah, that's true. And I think there's a culture where like women don't feel comfortable requesting that from a guy almost. Yeah, especially probably on a one night stand. I mean, you're just like, you're not going to, you don't have this time not to be all intimate and to have all this foreplay with her. Like you barely know the person probably. So you just want to like rock and roll. So the sex isn't great and Mm-hmm. it's just not the same but even then if you want it to be an amazing one night stander you need to keep this in mind too i'm sorry to say like the body needs that whether you like it or not yeah i feel like if you're wanting it you have to do the work you can't take the shortcut you know yes and i think yeah a lot of people who do one night stands take the shortcut come on like if you're gonna mm-hmm. go through the work take the time yes. to do it right true and also by the way other than physical lubrication go buy lubrication yeah Because you need to not feel intimidated by going and buying condoms. It's really important to wear condoms. Living in South Africa, the condom understanding, the culture of wearing a condom when having sex is much more prevalent than in America. Mm -hmm. Americans, I found, in general, the, the thing there is, yeah, wear condoms, but it's not like here. In South Africa, it's like, no, you wear a condom. Yeah, or you're not getting laid. Yeah, and I think that that's the right thing to do. If you're out and about... You need to wear protection. You need to be safe, both from having a child when you're not ready to. Like, that's don't do that to a future child. Like, don't bring them into the world when you're not ready, you know? And if that does happen, then obviously a lot of, I know a lot of parents that weren't expecting and had a child and it was the most beautiful thing and they lived up to the role of a parent and had that. So fine, no problem. That's beautiful to then be an amazing parent. I respect that beyond measure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the point is wear a condom because you want to avoid falling pregnant, and of course, against diseases. And I also really, really recommend not to be promiscuous because I've... (laughs) What? This is great advice from you. (laughs) Listen, I had a phase, and from experience, I'm telling you, rather don't be promiscuous. It doesn't actually reap as many rewards. And what I learned when I was single is it's the most empty feeling in the world. And everyone that I speak to that is single and just sleeping around, they all agree that there's this emptiness and it's not worth it. If I could do anything different singly, like as a single person, I would have focused more on one girl to try to develop a relationship with one as opposed to trying to 
messaged many and things like that. It just isn't, it's empty. So don't be promiscuous. There's, if you want to be happy, part of that is not to be promiscuous. Instead, you'll feel empty. You increase your risk of disease. You, it's not worth it. So avoid that. Rather, be cool and freaking invest in a girl, even if it's just for a month. But don't now go and be with three other people that month either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've talked a lot. What do you want to say? I don't really have anything else to add. We've done a lot considering we had nothing planned. Yeah, I think you guys should send us in stuff because I am totally down to talk about this and I don't mind being candid about it. Me too. Yeah, I'd love to get Austria on here because Austria's the coolest person when it comes to talking about sex. Like we will be at a dinner with Gal's grandma and he will just bring up sexual stuff He'll ask her, like, when's the last time you had sex, by the way? Like, yeah. just, he's so open about it. But yeah, and it's how it should be. It's how it should be because, A, it's an important part of relationships. B, it creates an amazing amount of pleasure. And C, most importantly, it's the tool to forward the human race. And it's an incredibly creative process. Yeah. So why can't we speak about it? I think why is because there's a lot of things attached to sex, like past hurt, weird stuff that's not pro-survival or not good for people. Bad things that can be connected to it. Perversion, is that the word? There is perver- Yeah, there's a lot of bad perversion. Yeah, and I think just over time, then it becomes like a subject where people, because maybe their past experiences or things that they've seen, it's for some reason looked at in like a not okay light. Yeah. It muddies the water. If you yeah. think of sex as like a beautiful purified water, which is what it kind of should be in a clear, nice way to discuss it, it becomes this like muddied water from pain and betrayal and weird stuff. Like you said, this perversion that can come in over time and over the years and the way the media brings it forward and it's dirty. It becomes not a good flow feeling that you get. Yeah, there's it's the a flow. flow. It's an energy. You can yeah. think of it like... You can see certain things that talk about sex in this very clean, beautiful flow. Mm -hmm. And you can see things that talk about sex in this dirty, weird, gross kind of flow. Yeah, I like to compare like photography or art. How Mm -hmm. like you can get women who are posting photos naked and you feel this flow of just like a dirty flow. Right. And then you have women that take naked photos and you're like, it's art. It's yeah, And they're showing maybe even more skin, but there's something so beautiful And it just feels like a pure flow, you know? So I definitely think, like you said, media and all that, I think can, that we're just used to more of a dirty flow when it comes to sex, but really it shouldn't be. I totally agree. So we'll obviously talk more about the subject further along the line in this podcast. So please do subscribe and follow it and give us a good rating if you enjoyed this. Leave us your feedback and even send us in a little voice note. There's this cool voice note option. But yeah, we'll discuss this further down the line. Yeah. Anything else? Any closing words? Mom, if you're here, love ya. I love you too, mom. Uh, He's a grown man now. I'm married, all right? I'm allowed to talk about this. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So thank you guys for tuning in. And we love you very much. The adventure continues.